everybody. Uh, today we have Jesse back with us. He's got a haircut, so if you didn't recognize, this is the same, the same Jesse. Um, he just lost his curls. So, um, uh, yeah, we have today Kelsey, another former uh, World Mission Society Church of God member, um, who's uh, decided, and um, she's. We've been actually in contact for a while, and and um, she has. Yeah, I've just kind of seen she's got a lot of. Um, she spent a lot of time in the church. She has a lot of just really, I think, helpful insights. I've kind of regularly actually had to send her messages to ask questions and, and kind of clarify uh, different things about doctrine and stuff that I was confused about. and just wanted to make sure I was, um, you know, in the videos that were communicating accurately about the church. And so I'm having to ask, sometimes even ask her. She's been a great resource. And so she has, yeah, decided to come on and share part of her story. And so, Kelsey, thank you for joining us today. No problem. So, yeah, so you have a YouTube channel where you, you already have a couple of videos that you've made, right? Right, right. And you kind of share some of your, your testimony of being in the church. So tell people where can they find that on YouTube? Um, if you search just WMSCOG or you search World Mission Society Church of God, it should come up. Um, I think you can search my, my username. Um, it's Kels, K-E-L-S 729, and it should pop up. Okay, great. And we will we can put a link for, for your channel too, in the description mm -hmm. of the video. Um, so yeah, I think at first, maybe just kind of give us like a, um, a brief summary of kind of like how you, how you got into the church and then tell us to just what, what kind of were the main things that led you to eventually leave? Sure. Um, so I, I joined the church in 2007, um, right after I had uh, moved to, to Seattle to, to go to, to, to attend a university. And they came up to me at like 1030 at night and, um, and preached to me about God the Mother. And then the next day I went to the church and got baptized. Um, and it was like, I didn't, I, I hadn't been to church before and I hadn't like, um, like study the Bible intensely. So everything they said to me made sense. So that's why, and, and the people were nice. So I was like, Oh, okay. Even though, um, at the time it was in a, it was in a house, <laughs> which I never oh. heard of a house church before, but, okay. um, but yeah. So from that time, because it wasn't a house church and there weren't many members, it's, it was more of like an environment where like everybody's so wrapped up in the church, it's easy to become wrapped up in it as well. And so from the time I was baptized until the time I left, I can count on one hand how many services I missed in, in 10 years. Hmm. Wow. And so, um, so I was, I mean, there's there's four services a week so I, w I was pretty burned out like i mean we we were expected to to preach every single day like if i'm not at school or at work like i'm expected to be either at church or doing church activities like going out and preaching um and you're required to bring in a certain uh amount of people into the church like a minimum 10 people minimum 10 people and they it's not just like they come into the church they get baptized and that's that like they need to come into the church they need to get baptized and they need to stay in the church and start preaching and tithing where they themselves. don't they don't count then if they yeah, don't, they don't do count that. if they just get baptized and they just never come back they don't count and okay. that happens all the time they have okay. such a high turnover rate um so it's just like all the requirements and on top of that you're all the money you have to give to the church it's not just and, you know, it's not just tithes and offerings. It's it's they they ask for money like all the time for like construction projects, 
um, for seminars that they want to put on, uh, for volunteer work. Um, so there's so many cases. And so I, after 10 years, I was just completely burned out and, um, I was tired of being made to feel guilty because I didn't want to spend every single moment in the church. Okay. And so I left, but when I left, like I felt bad for just like leaving. I felt like I needed like actual reason other than I was just tired. So that's when I went on to the examining the WMS COG site and um, I found some like concrete evidence I'd never seen before, and um, like like about the, the the tax forms. Tax forms were really like the the nail in the coffin for me. But can you tell us was, about that? What it, what is the deal with the tax forms? Oh, okay. So like in I think it was like ninety seven or ninety eight. Um, that's when the the church came. The church came to America. Okay. And that's when they changed their name from Witnesses of Unsung Home Church of God to World Mission Society Church of God. Mm-hmm. And so um, to apply for tax exempt status in the U.S., they had to fill out some forms. So they filled out forms in Los Angeles, uh, Bloomingdale, Illinois, and New Jersey. And on the Los Angeles forms, um, they, they put on the form that the church was started in 1998 by founding father J- Kim Jujol and um, it was because he had a vision from God. <laughs> that's not how the church started. Uh, that's on the that's, tax forms? That's on the tax forms. Wow. And, and I can send you guys the, the proof. Like, that's on the tax forms. So so and, basically, rather than attributing the, the start of the church to Ong Song Hong, which right. is kind of like, that goes, that gets into like the foundational core of what their doctrine yeah. is based upon, is that that concept that it's Ong Song Hong who started this. He restored... Passover and Sabbath. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It's, it's, so when I saw that, I was, I was shocked Yeah, <laughs> because I was like, that's not how the church started. That's not when the church started and that's not who started the church. And he never had a vision, <laughs> huh. yeah. you know, like that, that, that never happened. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's completely wrong. And then I kept reading the forms and a lot of the information on those forms were incorrect. Like people can join the church and still be members of another church, which the, they don't yeah. allow at all. Like if you, if you, before, like if I'm studying with somebody and they're still going to another church and, um, and then I, I, I'm not allowed to ask them to get baptized and they won't baptize them if, unless they, unless they say they will stop attending that church. So okay. I, I saw that and I was like, that's a lie. Yeah. Um, I saw all the, the stuff that money was being allocated for, which was like funerals, which funerals, I've never seen a funeral in the church. And, and we weren't even allowed to attend funerals because they always said like the, let the dead bury their own dead. What about like um, other members? Yeah, no, no, like so, so like uh, they always told us that we couldn't attend another like uh, like a funeral because they they would show us that verse in the Bible that says let the dead bury their own dead um, because in the Bible they 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 would say that um, that people who don't keep the Passover or attend the World Mission Society Church of God are spiritually dead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So which is like everybody else. Okay, so, <laughs> so you could you could then go to other members funerals like another a fellow member. Uh, I, I, they, it, it's pretty rare that like a like a member inside the church would die because they're there so are young. Cases, there are cases, but yeah. um, I I never I never saw that in my particular uh, branch. Okay. So it was never a specific case for for me. 
Um, but the church never held funerals. I never seen a church, the the church hold funerals. Um, they were talking about like weddings and I was like, I've seen a few weddings in the church, but the members pay for that. Um, orchestra, like they allotted money for orchestra. And I thought that was ridiculous because members pay for their instruments. They pay for their outfits. They pay for, they pay for everything. The church doesn't pay for anything for orchestra. And so I saw all these things and I was like, this, none of this information is, is correct. And so that was really like the big nail in the coffin. And I just kept, when I saw that on the examining site, I just kept reading more and more. Yeah. And, um, cause the church always says like those who speak out against the church, they only speak about the physical lives of Ansang Hong and, and Jang Gil Ja. But actually like they, 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 they say that they, they people are never able to attack the doctrine of the church. And that's, right. that's not the case. That's not, that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a process of looking into just beginning to think about think about the things you're believing and looking into the evidence. So, so while, yeah. while you were um, on that website and you said you just kept finding more and more and more, you were still attending at this time? No. You so I, okay. I, I literally stopped like cold turkey okay, okay like i i just didn't show up for a sabbath day i was getting calls and texts all all day and i didn't answer anybody and um because that's a saturday right so i didn't answer anybody so uh they showed up at my work on the following monday to come find me okay so this yeah this is i don't know if off topic's the right word but i'm just thinking about like as we're sort of still in the beginning of this video like People who are watching this, I know that, you know, there's members watching this who are probably in a similar position that you were there at the yeah. beginning stages of your doubt. So, mm-hmm. like, for those people watching right now, what are some things that you would say to them to kind of, like, push them to not continue to push those doubts under the carpet and to continue to push them aside <laughs> and, and uh, you know, to force themselves to just to kind of keep going on and forget about it. Like, what would you say kind of thinking back to when you were in that same time to kind mm-hmm. of encourage them to like really, really think about this and, and do something about it? Yeah. So, so I think the church would be pretty shocked to, to, to know how many people who've been in the church for a long time, like how many people are really burned out. I think they would be really shocked to, to hear that. I've, I've heard from several people that, um, I, that, you know, I was, when I was in the church, I heard from several people when I was in the church that had been in the church just as long as I have, and they were completely burned out. They kept going because they didn't want to go to hell. Yeah. So for those people that are still in there, I would say just, um, there's nothing I can say that'll bring them out. There's nothing mm-hmm. you just, I would say, think about, do you want to spend the rest of your life doing work for the WMSCOG? Because that's that's what they expect for the rest of your life, and if if John Gilja when she dies, um, what's gonna what's gonna happen? Yeah. Because the church taught for a long time that when she dies, what's gonna happen is the world's gonna be destroyed, and she'll go up to the up to heaven. She'll ascend to heaven with the hundred and forty four thousand. And um, so when when she dies, because she will, um, and she's seventy six by the way. So she was born October 29th, nineteen forty three. So. Um, so when she dies, nothing's going to happen. And I can almost guarantee you what the church is going to say in response is that um, she couldn't wait any longer for us to repent of our sins. And yeah. she had to go back to heaven without us. Yeah. So they're going to so, blame. They're going to blame. Yeah. 
you guys. Yeah, somebody else I said that. I can almost who, guarantee you. Who was it that we were interviewing? But I think you asked uh, maybe Jordan what they what yeah, you thought they would say. I did. That's what jo- yeah. Jordan kind of had that same thought that yeah. they're gonna they're gonna flip it around, and rather than letting it be something that shows, obviously this is a false yeah. group. They're gonna do what they're so good at doing is. It's gaslighting. Gaslighting, producing mm-hmm. guilt and fear to yep. further sh- like lock these doors uh, that people are you know stuck inside. So yeah, yeah. So they have a or they had a doctrine about her death. You were kind of alluding they, to that. Yeah, they they didn't have it. So a lot of these controversial doctrines they don't have written down. And I, in my opinion, is why they don't have it written down is because some people like like me who have left can say, no, you did say it, and here's the proof that you said it. Yeah. So for so for the thing for about uh, John Gil Jaw's death, for a long time they said that when she when she dies, the world's going to be destroyed because actually one of the things that's supposed to happen before she dies is that she's supposed to give the give the go ahead for no more preaching. Um, cause they, they cite the example of Moses, um, in the old Testament, uh, inviting people to bring free will offerings for the, the tabernacle. And eventually it got to a point where they had more than enough. And he said, we don't need any more materials. Right. right? So in the same way, they say, eventually John Gilja, there's going to be the 144,000 are going to be found. And there's, there's going to be no more preaching. And she's going to say it is done. So before she dies, she's allegedly, she's supposed to say that no more preaching and then that's when the world will be destroyed and she will go to heaven with the 144,000. That's what they said. Then around, I want to say like 2013 is when, and I, and I heard that from the overseer of my church. Okay. okay. This is not from just a random member. This is the overseer of the church. And then around 2013, 2000, yeah, around 2013 is when I started to hear that, um, no, they didn't actually teach that, <laughs> that no, that, that somebody just made that up and that, the church never taught that she uh, that that would happen. That's exactly what they did with 2012 as well. Yeah, it's exactly what they do with yeah. 2012. <laughs> wow. It's it's funny with the two. I, I do want to say something about the 2012 though, is because for two they they did say they did teach that 2012 would be the last year. Mm-hmm. They taught that, and they even taught that that it could even be sooner around 2010 as well, because the the parable of bridegroom is a long time in coming. Um, so it, it could even be sooner they thought and so um, but they did teach 2012 and then um what they did was once that information was exposed along with a whole bunch of other information that was previously only available in korean they held seminars across the u.s and they they sent one of the top uh korean pastors to i I went to the los angeles seminar but they sent i think to chicago and to new york to for like four days they went over all of these all of these claims that um that the examining site said and had an excuse for everything. But about mm-hmm. 2012, they showed an excerpt from um, An Sang Hoon's book that that none of us had access to. It was the one is one of the ones that's available on the NCPCOG site. Okay. And where um where where An Sang Hoon talks about 2012, and, and they he said, predicted 2012. Yeah, the he predicted. World. But the thing is, is the members haven't read the full book. Yeah. Because it's not, I don't think that book, well, so that particular book, um, we, we only saw excerpts of it. Well, what so, book is that? Do you know the name? I forgot the name of it. Um, is it the gray book or something? Uh, well, is there a gray book? There's only, there's really only two books that we refer to in colors. Okay. 
Luke, Luke, I, I think Luke, the guy that I, okay, I cannot remember. It's book, but it's a book that's not available to the World Mission Society Church of God. Um, a member cannot buy this book, but the NCPCOG has, has made it uh, available in um, picture format and text format so that any user can go in and, and copy and paste that into a translator and read it. So you can find, you can see where he actually wrote down in his book that 2012 yeah. was the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, interesting. I can send you guys that link. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I know that Luke again, this this guy from England that uh, we just interviewed, he he said that 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 the 2012 prophecy was a big thing, and and like you're saying, it was. it was a clear teaching. What What's interesting about that is that he's in England, and you're telling me this from the United States. You don't even know him, and so yeah. like, and I've heard this from multiple members too. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, yeah. it's it's. This isn't just like one weird sect of the World Mission Society that was talking about 2012. This was the the agreed upon teaching of the church. Yeah. Um, and so they even told him that the pastor went as far to say, like, if the world does not end in 2012, then the Bible is not true, hmm. um, yeah. is what he said. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but, but the thing about 2012 is that they said, so when they were in 2013, when they had those seminars, they... They showed like a specific excerpt that um, in one of his books that said 2012 is the year that the, the, new, the Jerusalem temple will be complete. OK, but the thing is, I want to one of the questions that I had had uh, when I was in the church, when I heard them, because that was their rebuttal. And then and then they and then somebody asked, well, what does that mean that the new Jerusalem temple will be complete? Um, and they said, oh, we'll find out when we go to heaven. And that's just, huh. they don't know. That was, but yeah. the thing is, is, the church the church teaches that the completion of the New Jerusalem Temple means um, preaching is done. That's what they that's what they teach because the Jerusalem Temple represents Mother, yeah. and the materials are, are us, and mm -hmm. we're bringing the materials to build her up, right? And the, so we're preaching and bringing people into the church, and um, so if the, if that means that the New Jerusalem Temple is um, complete that means there's no more preaching so that's why even their own rebuttal doesn't make sense okay yeah, yeah. so interesting so mm -hmm. okay so you met zongil jaw yes right a couple times twice yeah okay what was that like um it's it's kind of weird <laughs> it's kind of weird because um you get you get bused to a location from the airport that's like three hours away and there she is like you know waiting to to greet everybody and and everybody like gets a chance to hug her and then she says something and it's translated in korean and and we after that we hardly see her and i mean hardly see her like she shows that like like jeremy says she shows up for picture time that is legit <laughs> yeah there's one other i mean there's one other time i mean sometimes you see her for like dinner time and like if she just repeats the same phrases in English, like I love you, enjoy your meal. And um, and then there's like a certain period um, in the trip where uh, members are all grouped together in groups of like four or five and they practice preaching the, the 50 subjects. And um, mother, John uh, Gilja will go around table to table and she will um, like listen to like a portion of some of the people's preachings. Um, but that's. That's like the extent of what okay. you see wow. of her. Okay. You see her maybe like 5% of the whole time that you're there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's something that would be interesting is, is 
like at the core again of this group is it's people giving their lives to this yeah. Korean woman who mm-hmm. knows nothing about them. Like, like, right. like she, she has to have you guys put name tags on. So she knows your names. Yeah. And, but yet members across the world are praying to her. Um, so maybe like talk to people again that are following this woman that are praying to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this, is this woman God? Uh, they say she's God. She uh, said, she, I mean, they, they, but, they say she's God. Right. Tell <laughs> them, mem- tell the members what's true though. And why? So like they, 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 they'll show like videos of like, um, saying that the John Gilja, she, she wakes up early in the morning and she prays for us all name by name. And so apparently in the morning she knows her names. Like mm-hmm. they, they say the yeah. level of detail that she knows is like, she knows everything about you. She knows how many hairs you have. On they your say head. that. Yeah, they say that. Okay, so here's what's weird about that is when I talk to members, Mm -hmm. whether it's on YouTube comments or emails Mm -hmm. or Instagram, like, and I'll bring up the fact that she doesn't even know members' names, Mm -hmm. like, they'll acknowledge that and they'll just, their argument isn't, like, they won't try to argue, well, she does know everything about us. They'll just kind of agree with it and say, well, mother took on flesh. And so, you know, isn't that kind of like, and so we don't, we shouldn't expect her to do all these miraculous things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yes. So I'm just wondering why they don't, it's almost like they're not staying in line with what they're actually being taught. Right. So a lot of the members who are commenting, um, they're going to be the newer members um, or people who are, who've been in the church who are actually questioning, even though they seem defensive, they're actually questioning because the church, um, the church teaches that the internet is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So if you go on it, you're going to like, they'll say like even a little bit of poison can take down the strongest man. Right. And so um, they don't, they don't allow their men. I mean, now they might say like, go on the internet. We don't care. But I I can tell you, they had a video in the past where they taught the internet is the tree of knowledge, good and evil. And, and in 2011, they told us there will never be internet preaching, cancel all our social media accounts. But then the church is like the hugest presence on the internet. So the people who are commenting, they are ones that, um, they're, they're pretty new. Mm -hmm. I can tell you by, by the, the responses they have. So yep. they might not be aware of some of this information um, that people who have been in the church a lot longer have. Okay. Yeah. And that so makes that's sense. why, that's why, that's why they're easier to manipulate. The, the, that's why for the church, they're easier to manipulate because they don't have that background knowledge. Like, Oh, the church did say this before. All they have is the church saying, we never said this. It's a yeah. lie. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so Mm-hmm. I, I, back to Zongil Jaw, I'm just like mm-hmm. it's more just it's still kind of kind of a bizarre thing to even think about. Yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea that so many people are convinced that this is you know the same God that parted the Red Sea that created the world yeah. that's walking around in Korea, um, mm-hmm. but with no evidence. Um, and so I'm just wondering, There's like, no, ev- there is no evidence that she is. Even if there, even if Ansang Hong said there exists a God the Mother, there, which he didn't, but even if he yeah. said that, there is no. Like, why is it her? She is, yeah. Why yeah. is it her? That's like, no evidence. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been coming to, not only about her, but about Ong Song Hong. Is just mm-hmm. even if there are Bible prophecies that point to yeah. 1948, like what what did Ong Song Hong do that's yeah. so significant that shows that he 
is the Christ that fulfills those things. And so that's maybe another topic, but, but even more what you're saying is that's definitely the case with her, that there's not, yeah. so not only is there not evidence like by her doing miracles or anything divine, but just scripturally based well, on the they actually they actually teach that uh miracles are the signs of a uh, false christ so they, that's okay. why they say she's not even that's why she says she won't um that her yeah, <laughs> won't like do any miracles is because it's actually wow. a sign of false christ interesting okay um before we move on from that i just yeah, wanted to read this real quick um mm-hmm. so jesus Jesus said multiple times. So here in John 10, 38, um, he said, uh, if I'm not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I am doing them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works themselves so that you may mm-hmm. know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. Mm-hmm. Then John 14, he says, believe me when I say that I am in the father and the father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So it's like Jesus is constantly calling attention. He's not just saying, just believe, uh, you know, just, just, just believe because I told you to, he's saying, believe because I'm giving you evidence. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't, how they would respond to that is because it says works, right? Believe me based on the works. Right. Yeah. So they would, they would say, well, what is, what is the works that Jesus did? And they would say, Oh, he kept the Passover. He kept the Sabbath day. He kept the seven feasts and three times. That's what they would, uh, rebuttal that with. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, I think if you just look in the context, um, I mean, you would see he's not, he's, he's calling attention to, he's calling attention to the miracles he was doing. And I think further than that in acts, um, I won't pull up the verse, but, um, I can, I can find the reference later, but in Acts it, he, it talks about how God is going to judge the world through Jesus Christ, which is interesting. Like I just catching that now that's interesting because according to world mission society, God's not going to judge the world through Jesus. He's going to judge the world through Hong Song Hong. And obviously they'd have an argument for that. But, but yeah. the point there is he says, he's going to judge the world through this man, Jesus Christ. And it says he's given evidence for that by Mm-hmm. the resurrection from the dead. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just interesting that all, when you look at the, the, the testimony of Jesus, you see even the apostle Paul in first Corinthians 15, he calls attention to the, the, uh, the proof that Jesus gave mm-hmm. by the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that Jesus mm-hmm. rose from the dead, that that was what then left people without excuse um, mm-hmm. as to whether they would accept him or not. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. he performed these things that showed this is truly God yeah. who is in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with, with Zongil John, Ong Song Hong, there's just nothing. And they excuse that by, right. by some of the things you were just saying. So yeah, they have, well, they have a lot of reasons, but mainly it's because, uh, they're, they're, they say that the sign of is false Christ. The sign is, uh, miracles. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Uh, what I uh, can I change the no, please yeah um, I'm curious what was your uh, relationship like with the body you know in the New Testament it's all about the body of Christ and how we treat mm-hmm. each other and we're a family and um, so I'm curious what was your relationship like with the body um, and then yeah then what was it like when you started fading away when you just quit cold turkey how were you treated 
Um, so like, oh, oh, like when I was, okay, so like, how was my relationship with members? Mm -hmm. So yeah, during, while you were in, uh, yeah, what was your relationship like with members and leaders that were maybe over you? And then how was it when you transitioned out? How were you treated? Okay. So, um, in regards to like, uh, how my relationship with members, um, while I was still in the church, uh, started to change is that, um, well, when I was in the church, like I had a good relationship with, with most of the, the female members, um, cause male members, we weren't really allowed to, to talk to, but for the female members, I would say 99% of them, um, I had a good relationship with, mm-hmm. and I was a leader for, for quite some time. Um, I was co-leader over the young adult female group. Um, and then I was leader over the kids group and leader over the, the teenager group. And as I was wanting to, to have less and less responsibilities, um, the attitude of the, the overseer towards me, um, changed like, like, I, I was suddenly I wasn't allowed to teach anymore, hmm. um, like teach new members like studies, even though I had passed all the course classes um, and I had tested multiple times on these subjects. Um, and I, I had taught a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, the members, current existing members in the first place. And then uh, suddenly I wasn't allowed to teach. So did um, you, and when that was happening, when you weren't allowed to teach, did you feel mm-hmm. like just, did you feel like you were stepping back because it was just too much for you, too much responsibility or too much going on? And did you feel like you were reprimanded a bit by your overseer? Yeah. So uh, when I, so I stepped back, not because it was too, well, it, it was too much in the sense that when um was when the overseer wanted to see certain results and they weren't being seen in the people in the group then i would get rebuked for it like if the kids didn't listen um i was rebuked for the kids not behaving correctly even though they weren't my kids yeah yeah um with the teenagers they're fighting all the time and whenever they were fighting and once suddenly didn't want to come to church i was rebuked for that and i was so tired of it that I was just like, you know what, I'm done. Apparently, I'm not good enough to do this, so I'm 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 done. And then that's when they would say, Oh no, you're doing a good job. But then like, then the the next moment they'd be rebuking me again. So I was, yeah. I was so tired of that. So I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. And then that's when I slowly started to lose uh, certain responsibilities in the church. Um, and uh, so the overseer never said anything to me directly, but it would be it would be the information be dwindled down through his wife and his huh. wife would tell me. And so, um, so I was just, I, I mean, I, like I, I was tired of being made to feel like I was lazy. Like I wasn't doing anything in the church. Cause I, I'd also at that point, like had essentially stopped preaching too, because I was, I was just, I was just burned out and I didn't yeah. live near, near the church either. I lived like 40 minutes away from the church. So they still expected me to come every day. (laughs) So, I mean, it was like, it was, it was not fun. And so, um, and so then I left and then, um, uh, when I left, they, at first, when I didn't know, I looked online, um, they, they were still trying to contact me. Still, still nice. I even got one call saying like, sorry, I didn't pay enough attention to you. And I was just having this one service. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and so and then once I looked online, and then I, I once I once they found out I looked online, every single call, every single test message, except for one person, stopped. Huh. Wow. And yeah. um, can, are you guys able to hear me? Is yep. poor connection again? Yep. Okay. Cool. Um. And so, oh, it resumed. Okay. Um. So. Uh. So yeah. So um. And then. 
what happened after that. And then so I met with that one person and um, for a couple of hours asking all the questions that I had from the examining site. And then it ended with, um, it, it didn't, it didn't end well. Cause I, I, she couldn't answer my questions. She couldn't answer and your questions. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, but I was still polite. I would, you know, I didn't, I didn't say what I really wanted to say, but yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. polite and um, nobody contacted me. Um, until like the Passover and they're like, do you want to come keep the Passover? And I was like, I haven't been at the church in months. So no. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, one of the members reached out to me, um, cause she was going through a, through a hard time in the church. And I told her, I was like, I'm not going to convince you to leave. Like if you know, cause I wanted to put that on the table because I, I, my goal is not to convince people to leave. It's just to be there when people need me to be there. They need someone to talk to because they don't feel comfortable talking to someone inside the church. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, the church always tells people that, you know, that we're, we're, we're evil and we're being controlled by Satan. And yeah. so I, I just listened to her. And then the, the next week she sent me a text message saying the overseer told her not to talk to anybody who's left Zion. Huh. And, wow. um, and so ever since then it's like, nobody's and no, nobody's reached out to me. Okay. Reached, well, yeah, nobody, nobody's reached out. And me, when so. was that? How long ago was that that you left? That was about a year ago. A year? Oh, so it's yeah. not pretty fresh. Terribly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you have no. other questions? If you have questions, please jump in. Cause. Well, I just, uh, curious, um, while you were in, so like, uh, Jesus, right? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says this. And um, if you lose your life, you'll find it. And we get all these, uh, the sufficiency of Christ, right? Like uh, then in the epistles where we're placed in Christ and the assurance we, so, so that's just throughout the whole New Testament is Jesus is everything, uh, you know, on the way right. to the life. So I'm curious. So you would read the New Testament and be like, oh man, I can be assured in Christ. I can grow into him. Um, how did you feel while you were in, especially the last five years, if you were 10 years, um, did you feel like you were at peace with God? Romans five, we have peace with God through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So did you feel like you were walking in peace with God or were you walking more in fear? I got to show up. I got to keep earning this love from God, um, type of mindset. Oh, 100% fear. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go to see like, I, I, I believe someone should go to church because they love God, not because they're afraid to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's it's 150 yeah. percent. I went because I didn't want to go to hell. And um, and also, like, what would the what would the people in the church think if I if I didn't show up for one service? Yeah. And um, and it was it, it, I mean, you talk about, you know, it's it not being a burden. Oh, my gosh. Like everything in the church, like you're required to yeah. do. It's not just you can keep Passover, you can go to heaven. It's not that. It's you have to keep everything they teach, and then what even they don't teach in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it's. I mean, imagine spending working seven days a week, sixteen hour days, and never having a day off. Yeah. That's what it's like working and in the church. They they even tie um, preaching to salvation. They do. They, 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 Kendra Troll says it is my sheep was my voice. That preaching is salvation. That's, that's like, I, yeah, I just come, came across that in the preface. I think it's maybe that mm-hmm. book where he, he basically correlates uh, that we have to, you know, we have to eat physical food and 
drink water. I can't remember how, how exactly it's it says it. It's a spiritual it. exercise. He talks about spiritual breathing, spiritual eating, yes. and spiritual exercise. Yeah. So preaching is a spiritual exercise. Prayer is a spiritual breathing. And studying is a spiritual eating. Yeah, and and he's this. Yeah, and within that, he pretty much clearly says that preaching is one part of what earns our forgiveness, earns our eternal life. Yeah, right. Which is like crazy. If yeah. you if you yeah, actually yeah. read this book, that's that's yeah. Well, bizarre. can I? I'm going to read this real quick. So, for people that are listening, it's First uh, John four eighteen. Actually, I'm going to read from. Uh, uh, 16 here. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Uh, verse 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So it's like first John, he's ma making the point. Like I actually, mm -hmm. he's saying, if you're in Jesus, you actually uh, look forward to our, what is it? Hebrews, our blessed hope, like the return mm -hmm. of Jesus. You're actually uh, looking, that's how I feel even with like my Muslim friends is like, I'm looking forward to the return of Jesus. That intimidates them. That causes some fear. Cause it's like, uh, I actually never know quite where I stand with the Lord. And so, yeah, just what Jordan was saying, like in the new Testament, it's actually preaching in his perfect love. It casts out all fear and you're looking mm -hmm. forward because you get to stand with confidence before God because of what Jesus did. So I just say right. that to people listening right now, if you're in this church and they're telling, they're kind of in, implementing this fear into your heart. You got to prove it. You got to prove it. You got to earn it. It's like, man, mm -hmm. I really encourage you guys go read this by your, go read first John by yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't have anybody peeking over your shoulder. Just read it by yourself and right. see if that's how you walk away with it. Uh, yeah. Anyways. And yeah, just the, like, see if, if the version of God that the world mission society is teaching you, is that the version of God you see displayed in places like first John? And, and what's interesting about that, that's first John four eighteen. He actually, he says there's no fear in love, but mm -hmm. perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Yeah. And so everything about this group, from what I've heard, it has to do with punishment. Like every motivation, every motivation to do anything, it all is centered around, not love. It's not about the love of the of It's father. what's going to happen if I don't. It's do what that. happens yeah, if you don't. Exactly. Yeah. And so like right here plain as day this one simple scripture yeah that you can just put that jesse just pulled out is like that one simple scripture completely demolishes this group if yeah. you actually right. objectively look at it and think about what it says and compare that to uh this group yeah and so then i, I wanted to read this quote too and then i'm going to ask you a question and this i think will kind of lead into that mm -hmm. so this is this is uh ju chul kim's book my sheep listen to my voice. And so this is, this is just that little section that uh, we were just talking about. So he says, just as our body maintains life by breathing, eating, and acting, so our spirit can live when it breathes through prayer, eats the spiritual food, the words of God, and acts through preaching. So in essence here, he's tied having spiritual life, which I would, I would assume he's meaning eternal life, salvation. Right. Uh, he's tying that directly to whether or not you are preaching or, or in doing these 
activities. Yeah. And so that just leads me to think about, um, let me pull it up real quick, Ephesians, Ephesians 2, where Paul says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God so that no one may boast. So this is not a gift. What what uh, Ju Chul Kim has just described to us is not a gift. It's actually the right. exact opposite of everything that defines what a gift is. A gift mm-hmm. by nature, by definition, is something that has no strings attached. That has right. no. That has no. Uh, it, it's not a. It's not a transaction. This is what mm-hmm. we say all right. the time in these videos. Is the gospel is not a transaction. It's not me walking up to the counter and God's behind it, and I pull out my checkbook and I write my check which is my good works, my Passover attendance, my Sabbath keeping, right. all these things. And I hand him the check and then God says, oh, he examines it to make sure it's it's legit and it's good. Then he hands you back eternal life. That's a transaction. And that's right. not the gospel. The gospel right. is I'm sitting in a, a, a puddle of mud. I've done nothing for God except be sinful and, and, and disobeyed and, and I'm weak. And God, and, and basically I look up and say, help. I need help, God. I can't do this. I, I need help. And God freely says, okay, I'm going to help you. Before I right. before I figure out how to get out of the mud, how to clean myself up. And so, so that's just my way of saying like this, the Bible is doctrinally, clearly in direct contradiction with the World Mission Society Church of God, which yeah. leads me to my question I wanted to ask is, as you've been out of this group for about a year now, what are, and and maybe you, this is something you might have to go away and think about, but are there like specific scriptures, specific, specific Bible verses that have come to your mind that you see or think about that are like in your mind, you just see them now as like, they just clearly contradict the world mission society. Are there things that you see in the new Testament or the old Testament that you, you see taught in the Bible that you now can see are most definitely not taught by the church or actually contradicted by the world mission society? Well, um, the only things that come to mind, uh, well, more recently is, um, the scriptures that the church uses to, um, identify to, they have a, they have a study they call the kind of King David prophecy. Yeah. It's called King David and Christ on Sound Home. It, it, they use it to explain why Christ on Sound or, or why on Sound Home is second coming Christ is through the prophecy of David's throne. And when you look at the, the scripture specifically, um, and, and this goes for not only this study, but for, for all the studies that the church has, like when you take the church, when you take the scriptures and you read them in context, they don't match up to what the church is saying. Or the church will take the verse and then they'll add like an example or something to kind of try to prove their point but it doesn't but the bible doesn't say what they're saying it says and so like it's that's what's been really helpful to me is is in trying to um uh because sometimes like current members will contact me not the ones that that just the ones that are trying to do it incognito they'll contact me and they'll ask me questions about um what do you think about this prophecy or what do you think about that prophecy and then even though i don't necessarily have an answer if i just look and read the context i can explain to them why what the church is saying is incorrect right yeah so that that helps me to understand for myself that this really is incorrect that i really that the church really is uh explaining it 
incorrectly. Okay. So is the David prophecy, is that one that you feel like you have a pretty good grasp on of why it's not? Oh, True. yeah, definitely. Can you explain First, that real quick? Because that's I know that's one that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a critical teaching because that's the I would say that's <laughs> the one that's most straightforward that they use to explain why Anselm is second coming Christ. Um, because in the prophecy of just like in a short summary, what they what they teach is that um, just as King David, he was 40 years old when he became king or sorry, he was 30 years old when he became king and he was king for 40 years. Right. In the same way, they say Jesus is to receive David's throne. Right. So Jesus, he must be spiritually anointed at age 30 and then he must preach the he must do his ministry for 40 years. So Jesus, he was baptized at age 30, or it says about 30. He was about he was baptized at age 30, and then he only did his ministry for three years because he was crucified. So they teach there's 37 years remaining unfulfilled. And that's where Ansan Home comes in because um, they say that he was baptized at age 30 um, in 1948, and he uh, preached for exactly 37 years, they say, from 1948 until his death in 1985. But there are so many inconsistencies with that. First, there's no proof that he was baptized in 1948. No proof. And I, and I, other, well, the church, what they, they, the, the only proof they say they have is that he allegedly wrote down in his alleged Bible that, um, he was baptized in 1948. (laughs) No proof that that's his Bible. No proof that's his handwriting and no proof of a record of being baptized in the Seventh-day Adventist church in 1948. Um, and then when I asked them that question, their response was, oh, all the records were destroyed in a fire. Nice. And I was like, oh, well, do you have documentation of that fire? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they know. No. And then, uh, but there is there is a record of, um, of an Ansang Hong who was born on January 13th, 1918, which is the same date that their Ansang Hong was, was born, right? That he was actually about, and, and this is a record in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that this Ansang Hong was the same birthday as their Ansang Hong Whoa. was baptized actually in 1954. Yeah. Ah, wow. And who, oh, oh. I've and seen then, a picture of that document, yeah. Yeah, yeah this Ansang Hong was also married to a Huang Wan Soon. Hmm. Which is so. What are the odds? I mean, and, and there's pictures of the, yeah. the the original document and what church, what exact church it's located in. Wow. wow. So, um, so what you're church, basically saying is not don't, there, it's not just that there's not like documentation or evidence that he was baptized in 1948, yeah. but this there's a lack of evidence that he was, but there is actual documentation that he wasn't. Yeah. Then he's baptized in the 50s, right? The reason why that's significant is because he died in 1985, right? So from 1985 minus 1948 equals 37 years. So if he was baptized in 1954, that means he he didn't preach the gospel for 37 years. So that's the first problem with it. Second problem is, um, so they they teach that the the sure sign by which we can recognize the spiritual King David, which is the second coming Christ, is that he must establish the everlasting covenant, which they teach is the Passover. But funny thing is, is King David never kept the Passover mm-hmm. in the Bible because they because it says it wasn't until the time of King Josiah that they celebrated the Passover. Uh-huh. So King oops. David, he never, he, yeah, oops, <laughs> he never celebrated the Passover. And then also, furthermore, the verse they, they use to, sh- to show that the David must bring the everlasting covenant is Isaiah 55, verse 3. And God actually says that he will give us the everlasting covenant, his faithful love promised to David. 
God mm-hmm. never said he'd get the everlasting covenant. In that verse, he says he will give it to us. It's Isaiah 55, right? Yeah, Isaiah yeah. 55, verse 3. And so how the church explains that is that God will give us the everlasting covenant, which they teach us the Passover, through King David. But that's not what that verse says. Mm-mm. Dang. So, um, so they're just, so like, it's a lot of implying. It's they read this, they read the text implying. and then they say, right. see, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there, man, there's just so many issues with that, that it's hard to not just, right. Just kind of laugh it off. Where it's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think one of the, the main things, like what I thought of immediately, when you, you get into the very beginning of that, that argument of the prophecy, and it's founded upon this this assumption that well, because David was king for forty years, mm-hmm. therefore Jesus has to pre- or Christ must preach for forty years. Well, first right. off, why? Yeah, like like why even go beyond that? Like right. what? There's like no prove that to me. Being king and then Jesus yeah, no like don't just tell me that's the case. Like like yeah. you could go and find well, David David uh, did other things for another length of time. So does that mean yeah. you know like or, or what about Moses? Uh, Moses was in the wilderness for forty years. So that means right. the Christ must not preach for the first forty years of his life. Like. What, yeah. Like, how are you it, making it that connection? Which in, in, in yeah. somebody's life that they want to fit with unsolved yeah. life. Yeah. And so I, I'm saying that because I know many people struggle with the prophecies, like the David prophecy. It's like, mm-hmm. and with all these prophecies, it's like if you actually just stop and don't let them catch you and just take you in their whirlwind to the point where you just get past the foundation that they started on, like just stop at the foundation and, and just ask that simple question. Okay, this argument is based upon the idea that since David reigned for 40 years, therefore Jesus or Christ must preach for 40 years. Just yeah. ask the simple question. Why? Yeah. Prove why? that to me before you go on any farther. Yeah. Prove to me that that is what Christ must do in order yeah. to be Christ. Where is that in the right. Bible? And it's not right. there. And, and then when people, and when, when people like have that kind of response to them and they're not able to answer, what happens is that they say, Oh, well you aren't meant like they, they, in their mind, they're thinking like, Oh, you're not meant to understand. That's why you're, that's why you don't understand. Right. Or you're not humble enough to understand the truth. Yep. But yeah. God hasn't opened your eyes to understand the truth. Man, that's, we, how they, they re, that's how they're, yeah. they're, they're end result. If they can't answer yep. the question. I was yep. going to say that makes sense because yeah, one, uh, one guy that we've met with a lot that shows up in the comments a lot he, I remember him saying that constantly when we would, I, and I feel like we were very loving and gentle, but would ask mm-hmm. questions. He would, he would probably, wow, you guys would have denied Jesus. You guys would have yeah, denied yeah. Je- We heard yeah. that so many times and I think that was even in the comments from yeah. him. And so, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's honestly, I would say probably at least in the top three most commonly used arguments that I get toward myself. Cause yeah. I'll just, I'll just bring up like, a legitimate question from the Bible. Like yeah. you, you're, where is mother God? And they'll say, yes. well, it's in Galatians four and here's the verse. And I'll say, okay, well, right before that, he says, this is an allegory. And he explains, this is not mother God. This is two covenants. Yeah. Like the very scripture you're using to tell me this is mother God. That very scripture says, no, it's not. And so when right. I'll bring up just legitimate, honest challenges, that's, that's the response as well. You're just blind. Yeah. And that's basically, yeah. I think I think it's called, I've mentioned this uh, in another video, but an ad hominem argument. Is, yeah. It's basically, that's basically equivalent to like, I present a challenge, they don't know how to answer, so they call me a name. It's like, well, you're yeah. just dumb. 
well, you're just yeah. stupid. Yeah. You just don't get it. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you've in essence now just taken your brain and put it in the trash can yeah. because right. you don't know how to answer. So rather than like actually thinking about the problem I'm presenting, mm-hmm. you're just taking your brain out, putting it in the trash can. And now you're just going to yeah. call me a name or- and you're going to say, I'm the one who's mm-hmm. ignorant. I'm the one who's blind. And, and yeah. so it, it's just, it, it can get a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, Right. I know they're not doing it intentionally. I know they're so they're brainwashed. The script. They're yeah. following. Yeah, they're following a script. And another one of my personal favorite responses is, "Oh, come to your local church and study." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like I was part of that church. Yeah. I did study with people like yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and um and and one of the reasons why they say come to the local church is because you you can't legally record the conversation that they're having, so they can say whatever they want, and you can't record it. Yeah. Because it's so, inside their um, building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. yeah. Um, I do no want to. There's no reason they can't answer a question. Yeah. There's no reason. So I, I really do want to actually ask you this. I don't know if you've ever, if you haven't heard of him, it's fine. I just want to say mm-hmm. his channel and name for people watching. So um, Dr. Michael Brown. Um, and his show on YouTube is called The Line of Fire. So if anybody yeah. goes to watch that, he's a Messianic Jew, uh, but he does all the time with people asking him, uh, do Gentiles follow the you know the law now? Should we be honoring the Sabbath? All this. Um, I actually called in. It's on one of his YouTube videos. I call in and ask him because of this church and what they were saying. And um, Daniel 7.25. Yeah, Daniel 7.25. And okay. so I asked him about this and his... He had a couple responses, but one of his responses, I um, I wanted to ask you this if it ever came up or you ever wondered. Um, he said, um, he's like, second, I would ask these people, why, how are they picking and choosing of the 613 or whatever laws? Uh, why is it just Passover and right. Sabbath? And he said, are they honoring all the other ones? And if they aren't, according to James... If you mess up, if you mess up one part of this law, you've messed it all up. Yep. So I'm curious as a member, did that ever come up? Did anybody ever say, Hey, yep. what, how are we allowed to just pick and choose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how they explain that they also have another study <laughs> called uh, root of David. So another David study uh-huh. um, where they show revelation chapter five, verse one through five, where it says that the, um, the, the scroll has been sealed with seven seals. Right. And the okay. only one who can open it is the root of David. Right, but they teach that this that scroll represents the Bible, and they say the Bible has been sealed, but not like physically sealed because you know we can open the Bible, we can read it. But they say the true interpretation of the Bible has been sealed, and the only one who can reveal the true interpretation is the root of David, and then they show Revelation twenty two. 16 or 18 i can't remember which one um that where, where it says jesus says he is the root of david he's the root and the offspring of david right yeah. right and so but they say oh that's speaking about second coming christ which they teach is unsung home so they say only unsung home can give the true interpretation of the bible and as a result so he's the they teach that he's the one that paired these verses together so he, his interpretation is the real one so his up so wow. any, so they, they essentially teach and they, they say this directly yeah. that if if the doctrine does not come from unsound home it's it's not the true doctrine of the bible wow okay, okay so just so everybody is aware the ad hominem that's a philosophical like argumentative fallacy like it's a fallacious mm-hmm. way of arguing and what you just right. described 
that's circular reasoning. Like, I don't know if you play back through what you just said, that argumentation is circular, which is another fallacious form of arguing. Um, It's basically, yeah, it just doesn't work. Um, And so did that, did that answer your question? No, no, yeah, that's really good. That's good to know that that would be the response. So Mm, that would be the response. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, so let's see. There's so many directions we could go here. Um, do you have anything from that that you want to ask before I switch? Um, I think I had asked um, Jordan this on the video. I'm curious for you. Um, so was there ever anything when you were preaching, was there ever a scenario where you ran into somebody you were maybe evangelizing to and they actually knew their word? And they responded to yeah. you with some stuff that you were like, oh, my goodness, I don't know this. And you had to go back and ask questions. Um, and if so, do you remember any of those topics that uh, were brought up, maybe? Mm. It's okay if not. I just I think I asked. I can't think of anything in particular, but that would happen like all the time because we couldn't control who we who the person was when we went up to them. Yeah, yeah. We don't know if they're a pastor or not when we go up to them. And and, and definitely many times I, I went up to a pastor and, and they would show me verses. Um, and But the problem is, is that a lot of them didn't, they would quote the verse and they couldn't actually show me in the Bible. Even mm-hmm. though I knew the verse was actually in the Bible, my tactic or the church taught us that our tactic should be ask them, show me in the Bible where it says that. Okay. Even yeah. though I knew it was in the Bible. Okay. Yeah. So as I continue to show us, so it made them look like they didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. I try to, that that's good to know because I know I, whenever I quote something, I try to make sure I have a reference, but sometimes I just don't know it off the top of my head. So I should make sure I, like I, even in this video already, I've brought up a scripture that I didn't, I can't remember what it was now. So that's good to know. So have, have a reference so they can't use that excuse. Yeah. So, and then if, if, if somebody asked me a question I don't know about, like, I hardly ever I would go back to the the, the overseer and ask that question um, because the question would be like, because they, they would say, like, for, like, the, the harder, like, the, the legitimately harder questions that I, I didn't, I really, I couldn't even come up with anything. Um, I knew that if I asked, they would use this example that, like, just because somebody is throwing a grenade at us doesn't mean we need to hold it. <laughs> Huh. throw back at them and so um so like if somebody asked me something i would just i would just uh detract i would just yeah. say um let's keep the subject on topic and i would just point it back i mean because we we go through so much training to be able to handle those situations yeah, i mean yeah. so much training mm-hmm. and i mean we would do preaching relays preaching practice every single day um in different kinds of formats and so like i i mean i yeah Okay. Wow. Okay. And that never phased me. Yep. Yeah, that definitely sounds very, very familiar. I don't know if you've listened to the conversation I had with the guys at Walmart. Um, there's that. Oh, I, I heard, I heard bits and pieces of it, but okay. it's, 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 it, 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 it all sounds. I mean, the, the bits and pieces I heard, it all, it's, it's like, it's like I was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah verbatim. Yeah. The part that kept getting me is he kept trying to show Genesis as proving mother God. And so he had used the, right. the place where it's, where he says, let us make man in our image. Yeah. yeah. And he would say us, he'd point to us. How many is us? And I'd say, well, obviously that's a plurality there. Right. But then I'd say, how many images are there? And the word, the word there in Genesis, it's a single, it's a single uh, image. 
Uh, yeah, but they have a rebuttal for that too. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's, they show they show where it says Adam and Adam and Eve. They were um, I think it's like Genesis five or or six. It says um, where Adam and Eve like even though they're two different people, they're still considered uh, as one. Right. Right. Hmm. In the same way, they taught like there's God the Father and God the Mother, but there's still it's still one God. Okay. Hmm. So I think the thing the reason why like even that wouldn't have worked in the conversation for this guy is because he kept saying and maybe he was using the wrong way of arguing uh, mm -hmm. but the he was saying like images he kept saying there's there's man and woman so that means god created us in two different images right that's the language he used and so i just keep right. pointing back and and saying that well the bible just doesn't say that it says image mm -hmm. it says one yeah. single god created man in his image single yeah. And, and throughout the conversation, multiple times, he kept he kept using the word images. And so yeah. I kept calling him on that. And he didn't have the reply that you just gave. He didn't. You just, you just repeat, you just end up repeating yourself until the person gives up. That's yeah. what happened. He actually, yeah, he ended up just getting mad because he couldn't and respond. And he'll close the Bible and, and he'll say, well, thank you for your time. Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. That was uh, it. I do have uh, one more question. Um, it is, how has it been for this last year? since you've been out of the church? Well, I actually left in 2017, so it's been about two oh, years Oh, okay, now. okay, okay. Um, but uh, when I first left, it was hard. Like, it was, I mean, it, it felt like, because, <clears throat> like, you're taught, you, they, they have a study called Apart From Me, You Can Do Nothing, mm. and they, they teach you that if you leave the if you leave the World Mission Society Church of God, it's like a dog returning to its vomit. Hmm. They see. They say that um, you're gonna face disaster. You're gonna get into an accident. You're gonna get cancer. Something bad is gonna happen to you because you left. And um, and so like when you leave, you have that in the back of your mind. Like okay, the world's gonna be destroyed. I'm not doing anything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm gonna go to hell. And so it's really like when you leave, it's like really hard to look past that. So when I left, like I, I mean, my whole life was centered around the church. My entire life, like I didn't have any hobbies. I had barely any friends. Um, it, it, so like when I left, it's like, what am I going to do with all this time? Mm -hmm. And it felt like even if I wanted to do something fun, it felt like I'm just wasting time. Mm -hmm. And so it took me probably about like a year and a half to get past that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, now I'm in a better place, but like, but it was, it was pretty tough. And like when you when you have that mindset when you like first leave you're like oh the church is right my life is miserable now that I'm not in the church mm -hmm. but it's really your life is miserable because you were in the church yeah yeah and it and so and, and 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 another big thing is that it is it was very I mean up until like pretty recently I would say it's been very hard to even like read the Bible mm -hmm. yeah yeah. It's, it's very hard because uh, I even I even went as far as like get, just getting a different version because they yeah. use they use specifically just the NIV. Yeah, they yeah. say they can use any version, but everything's NIV there. Yeah, um, and so I thought even if I, okay, maybe I just need to read different versions. Yeah, how's that? <laughs> Did that help at all? Uh, a little, but it's it's like once I started like really looking at the the doctrine analyzing why it's wrong yeah then for myself not having somebody else explain it to me but for myself yeah. understanding yeah. why it's wrong that's when um it's it's like it certain like certain verses like become a lot clearer to me and i can see it with new eyes yeah. as opposed to like oh like i don't know how to explain this yeah yeah and uh, the church maybe the church is right in this matter but mm -hmm. no it's like it, yeah. they're, they're not right and so it, it, it that that until pretty recently so it's it's a it's process been a, 
it's been a process and yeah it, everybody everybody reacts differently um because for me i was fortunate enough not to have like any family or friends inside the church uh, but for some people, they their their family, their spouses, they're still in the church, and they know that if they leave, they're going to lose that family member, mm-hmm. and so that adds an even bigger dynamic to it. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, it's it's. I'm hearing that a lot. Just former members that have come out, but they're just struggling. Like, I think every yeah. member I've talked to, it's just it's. Um, yeah, it's just that has been conveyed that they're really wrestling with what to do with God, basically like what, how to go from here. And, um, and it's, it's like, what's so grieving is that this group, what is basically done is taken this, which is truth and the person of Jesus who is truth and basically then caused you to associate that with all these negative emotions and experiences and thoughts so that when you see this, um, it's like just kind of like a uh, 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 what's the word? Like a repulsion to it, almost probably. Yeah. Like you feel like almost it repelled is. from it because yeah. you're associating this with something that they've caused you to associate it with. Right. Um, and one thing that I just thought of this, and I I told Luke about this, the the guy we just interviewed that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of thought of this analogy, like if I grew up my whole life and somebody taught me like mathematics, it's something that mathematics is something we all agree upon. It's real. It's right. true. It, it, yeah, it's objective. It, it holds true in reality. But right. what if I was raised by somebody who my whole life taught me mathematics in the incorrect way? Um, right. I wouldn't like if I learned that and I came out of that, I wouldn't then like or I shouldn't just throw away math as a whole. Like I have, I still like need math to function in this reality proper and to Mm -hmm. be able to do things. And I think, I think that's kind of the same thing, even to a more higher degree with, with the Bible, but ultimately with the person of Jesus, that Mm -hmm. the things they taught you, the things that you associate with this and with Jesus are not true. And I I know that God's going to, help you to slowly and again it's a process but over time as you stick with them to to detach your associations Mm -hmm. with the world mission society to to be able to more and more see you know like you said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free and so you're you're in a process right now of getting free Mm -hmm. from lies with truth and it is it is Mm -hmm. a process and i think that's okay Mm -hmm. it's okay Mm -hmm. you know where you're at, where other members are at. And, um, yeah. And so I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I do feel though, like I get, I get from you, um, the little interactions we've had that you have a sincere, like desire to, to know the truth still. And that's what I get from right. most of you guys is that you, you still are just, you're wanting to know what, you know, what is the truth about God. And right. so, yeah. And so I think he's going to, yeah, he's going to heal you, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. dependent on whether you're preaching enough or keeping Sabbath or Passover or right. doing enough. It's like, it's his yeah. grace that's going to yeah. do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen. yeah, that's good. Um, okay. So, so um, what, one thing I'm really curious about that I've been touching on a lot and that has been somewhat shocking to me is the issue with like preaching to handicapped people. Um, And obviously there's a variety of people that I've been told, like the elderly, handicapped, the homeless Mm -hmm. and homosexuals. I think that you guys are uh, 
would you say, are you explicitly, were you explicitly told do not preach to these people? Yeah. Okay. It was just like, it wasn't like just some members would say, oh, don't waste your time there. It's more no, like the was, teaching yeah. of the church was don't waste, don't preach to these kind of people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's. Because they say the, the person that you bring, that, that there is your responsibility, right? So, like, I, I saw several people who were, like, um, maybe, like, on the autistic spectrum. Um, and But they're still, like, functioning, you know? It's just, like, maybe they're a little socially awkward. That people would bring them into the church, and then the, the church would say, like, only invite them for service. Don't study the Bible with them. And then it would be, like, most of the people, did, they couldn't bring themselves. Um, they were, like, they would take the bus or... or or members were going to pick them up and they, the members would be told, don't pick them up. Let them come on their own. Okay. That's what yeah. they say. Wow. That's because they know that the people aren't going to come on their own. Okay. So, huh. so how did that sit with you? Because like, as I've been hearing that, like my immediate reaction was just like, I think I felt more angry at this again, not at members, but at this group at the leadership than I've mm -hmm. ever felt before, more disgusted with it. And I think more clear than I've ever been that this group is false and not of God. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Based on this one simple thing. Like if, yeah. you, if you, if you, if you don't touch any prophecy about Aung San Hong, if you don't touch mm -hmm. any other Bible verse, mm -hmm. the simple fact that they tell you, do not preach to the homeless, do not preach to the handicapped, mm -hmm. do not preach to the elderly and even homosexuals. Like mm -hmm. these are the people Jesus was hanging out with like these right, were the people right. jesus wanted to be around right. you gotta read that. um <laughs> and so like <laughs> yeah so i'm just like to me when i when i've heard that like that just makes me angry honestly it makes me angry at them that they're doing that that they're mo most mostly because i don't know if you watch the with uh tyler the interview yeah, I did with tyler one, but yeah. but he talked about his little sister that that was yeah that was disabled and yeah. the way they were treating her and Mm -hmm. And man, to me, it's like, I, I don't know. I just, I just think about members watching this. Like, is that really, that's, that's, that's really what you the, think God yeah. is like? You think yeah, that's, that's the, the God, the Lord. that's the yeah. heart of this God you're following? Like, well, see, that's the thing is like, you don't really even think about that because they, anything that you don't understand why the church does, like you just put it in the back of your mind because they'll, if, if you question it, they'll say like, maybe you don't understand now what we're doing, but later you will understand. And, mm -hmm. um, like, like, I don't even know that the Tyler guy, I don't even, I mean, that's not even his real name, but I don't even, I've never seen him before. Right. And, right. um, and I can tell you like what he said, like, you know, in the verse of the member, like responding to when he wanted to bring his sister, same thing would have happened in Portland, same thing would have happened in Seattle. Like it's, yeah. it, I mean, it, and, and it's absolutely true. And then even with homeless, like there, I mean, not too many people just walk into the church on Saturdays, but there was one time that I remember that a homeless man walked in the door and it was during dinner time. Okay. And, um, he asked for assistance and then the church escorted him out. The, the church, like, uh, male leaders escorted him out. Mm -hmm. So, wow. um, so it's, it's, yeah, no, no. so I, I was there, I was right there. Yeah. Wow. I saw it with my own eyes and there's, there's so many, there's so many things that go on in this church that it's, it's the bad things happen, but you, you just look past them because you're like, okay, yeah. where else am I going to go? Where else keeps yeah. Sabbath? Where else keeps Passover? Like yeah. no other place. So you know, all these, though all these yes. horrible things are happening, 
it's it's it, i mean where else are you gonna go and it's crazy that it's that's what i'm i i hear that a lot too is like i'll bring up something like this and they're like well what other church is keeping sabbath what other church is right. keeping passover and that's that just goes right back to like go to the foundation of that argument like Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep challenging members on is give me one place in the New Testament where Jesus mm-hmm. or any apostle or any New Testament author ever commanded us to keep the Passover or keep the Sabbath right. in connection with forgiveness of sin and salvation. And I know they have verses mm-hmm. that they misinterpret. They have many rebuttals for all that. Yeah, yeah, which are simple if you actually look at the context to show that that's not mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Yeah. But, right. uh, but before we move on from that, I did, I just wanted to read Luke 14 and I read this in the last video, but it's just like mm-hmm. so clear, so shockingly clear and so shocking, mm-hmm. shockingly in contradiction to the character that, uh, you're describing of the church. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jesus said, when you host a dinner or a banquet, this is Luke 14, chapter, chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. When you host a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or brothers or relatives or rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may invite you in return and you will be repaid. But when you host a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. Since they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So Jesus is specifically telling us here, and this is like one of many places, you know, where Jesus so clearly tells us the type of people on this earth who are blessed. And it's, he starts out the most famous sermon in history, the sermon on the Mount. He, 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 the foundation of that sermon is built upon blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the, the persecuted, blessed are basically those who are in this position. They're crippled. They're lime. They're, 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 they're lime. They're They're lemon. They're lime. (laughs) They have lines to do. They're lame. They're blind. Like the lowly of the earth, the weak. The, the helpless. I mean, if you look at the Psalms, look at the Psalms and over and over in the Psalms, it talks about the helpless, the, yeah. the poor, the broken, the contrite. Yeah. It's those who, who it, it goes back to the prayer, right? The yeah. prayer between the Pharisee and the Gentile. And you have the Pharisee right. saying, thank you, God, that I'm not like this guy. I'm not, right. I'm not like this homeless person, this crippled person. And, and I haven't sinned like they have to cause this distress on the, you know, yeah. it's just, well, and I think it's like, so when you described why they said that, it sounds mm-hmm. like it was because of the inconvenience that somebody who's crippled, somebody who's doesn't have a vehicle, right? So it's like, I what I go to is uh, the Good Samaritan. It's like, who's my neighbor? And then mm-hmm. Jesus would take yeah. all this time. And you want to talk about inconvenience. He had to pick him up, put him on his mule, walk him yeah. to a town, take care of him, pay his money, then pay more or offer to pay more. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. And that was Jesus's example of how mm-hmm. we treat our neighbor. Right. And so that just totally contradicts and, it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we're kind of hammering yeah. on this, yeah. but it's big deal no, for me. I, you know, <laughs> the, like I, I totally understand. I totally understand because, because it's, it's like you said, it's, they, they consider it as like an inconvenience because their main demographic is the, the young adults from age like 20 to like 30. That's their main demographic because those are the people that have the most energy. Those are the people yeah. that don't have kids. Those are the people that they'll do. They, they, they can literally, if so, if somebody tells me tomorrow that, hey, I need you to go move to California to start a house church. Okay. Boom. They yeah. Just drop they just, okay. Yeah. That, that's their main demographic. So when people don't fit that demographic, they don't put as much effort into them. And then when somebody really doesn't fit that demographic, um, such as somebody, you know, maybe like who's disabled or, or homeless, they, they don't want that at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
so like I mean, one last point on that that I want to make because like that's such a perfect example as the mm-hmm. that that you just brought up um, with the Good Samaritan. But like, so you talk about the inconvenience that he experienced. But yeah. if you want to talk about inconvenience, how how inconvenient was it for Jesus, yeah. who existed in the form of God, which is Philippians two? He mm-hmm. he was in the form of God, but he it says he did not consider his equality with God, something to cling to. Like he didn't grasp onto that, but rather he humbled Mm -hmm. himself and he became a flesh and blood human being. Like you think it's, it's lowly and inconvenient to have to deal with a, another fellow human being who's homeless and maybe smelly or, or handicapped or whatever. How inconvenient was it for the creator of the universe to take on the same form of, of being a human so that he could, serve us and wash yeah. our feet and die for us that that is inconvenient yeah. and so that's not something to like hammer people on the head and say like what are you doing but that's like that's the example that the scriptures point us to right and it's knowing that truth about how god gave up everything for us in love that's what then motivates people true followers of jesus then give themselves up. They give their lives up for the homeless, for the poor, because they realize God did this for me. How could I do anything less for these people? Right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll rest the case there. Yeah. So, but just something I hope, yeah, just that's a big deal that, that again, like laying aside every prophecy and every other issue like that in itself, please, I would just please members think about that. You're told to not preach to these people that Jesus explicitly told us these are the the ones that you need to exalt the ones to and go focus to. on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like and to people listening too, it's um, so to those of us who follow Jesus who are not in this church, but the way we would, the way the body like judges each other's character is the fruit of the spirit, like kindness, peace, joy, all these things. So like going to different, you know, whether you're Baptist or Methodist or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. we're united. But if we go to a church and we see, oh, they're, they're arrogant, they're rude. Uh, they, they escorted a, uh, poor guy out the door instead of giving him a meal, you instantly can judge their character and be like, guys, you are not walking in step with the spirit. Right. Um, so that's just like so clear as a, as a believer, like, okay, this is not right. Um, right. And yeah, anyway, so it's just like to people listening, like that should be an instant. Um, okay, wait a second. Why? And I would even, I don't know how that works, but you know, I'd almost wish that people would say to the leaders who tell them that, uh, why? And bring up these scriptures we just talked about. If you go back to your church tomorrow or whatever, ask them, why Why are you saying this? It seems like it contradicts it and well, see what they, the response they is. They have their reasons why. So maybe while we're on the topic, huh. yeah, why don't you, can you tell us those reasons why? Because yeah. I would just like yeah. to hear those. So yeah. we can. So yeah. the, the reason why they don't preach to homeless is because um, the homeless people are they, they don't have their physical affairs in order. So like they'd only they would only come to church for food, um, but they wouldn't um, come for for God is what they teach. Huh. And um, they know this. They they somehow know this about every single individual. Heart of every single homeless. Okay. Wow. I know that. Yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah. OK. Um, and then for the disabled. um. This is not going to sound like a very good response, but this is this is what I have heard, mm-hmm. and this, this response also applies for uh, 
like another situation too is that we don't know they, they teach we don't know the sin that someone committed in heaven okay so they could have committed so like they teach that not everybody on this earth is meant to be saved okay so um they teach that we don't know the sin that someone committed in heaven so it could be like really really bad and then um and then that's why god made them a certain way on this earth okay jesus literally dealt with that so the yeah. Jesus, so, the, the I mean the yeah. the the bl- man born blind, yeah. the disciples mm-hmm. had that in their childish, ignorant mm-hmm. way of thinking. They thought that same way yeah. that you're mm-hmm. describing, where they saw this blind man. They said, "Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?" And Jesus said, "It wasn't, it wasn't this man's sin or his parents, but it was for the glory of God, is so that the glory of God could be displayed." And so that verse immediately, I think takes that one away <laughs> but mm-hmm. but further than that and i know we said we we're gonna rest our case here but i can't really stop talking about this um so they also, but they also use that same excuse for because some people ask like how come when a baby is born suddenly it dies okay they also use that too because they say we look at these people like they're so innocent but we don't know the sin they committed in heaven that's what they, okay. that's their rebuttal. So that's founded on a false a false doctrine to begin with that yeah. they're right. of the pre-existence of people, which isn't right. true. It is yeah. not biblical. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I would just, man, the, there's so many scriptures. And they James, James, the epistle of James is one that they would bring up to show, you know, faith without works is dead. So obviously you can't be yeah. saved by faith alone. Well, mm-hmm. in that very epistle, he says this. Um Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring. This is James for people who are going to cast this off because I don't give the reference. James chapter two, I'm starting at verse two. A man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring, fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you lavish attention on the man in fine clothes and say, here is a seat of honor, but you say to the poor man, you must stand or sit at my feet or as the cases that you just mm-hmm. described, get out of our building and you escort mm-hmm. them out. Have you not then discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So first off, what you're describing, that whole line of argument is right. that you can be the judge of, well, maybe mm-hmm. this person sinned. Well, who made right. you the judge of that? Like you're not supposed mm-hmm. to judge whether or yeah. not that person sinned. You're just supposed mm-hmm. to see them and lavish on them the same love that God has freely lavished on you. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on in verse five and he says, listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen the poor of this world? Who has he chosen? The poor of this world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom of God. He promised those who love him. But Mm -hmm. you, you World Mission Society Church of God have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the noble name by which you've been called? Mm -hmm. If you really fulfill the royal law stated in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Whoever keeps the whole law but stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Um, So here's the thing. What this all boils down to is the World Mission Society is acting perfectly in line with pharisaical behavior. This is exactly the sin of the Pharisees, where they were so focused on these laws, like keep the Passover, keep the Sabbath, Mm -hmm. while all the time they were oppressing the poor. They were abusing Mm -hmm. the homeless. They were were mistreating the lowly. 
That's exactly, that was like the greatest sin of the Pharisees that Jesus got right. the most angry about was the fact he said, you, you strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. So by straining out the gnat of like saying, keep the Passover, keep Sabbath, that's the gnat, the tiny little element of God's law. And yeah. they're so focused on that, that all the while they're swallowing a camel, which is right. love your neighbor as yourself. And they're setting that off to the side to make room for the gnat. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 yeah no. It's funny because like, yeah. it's interesting because like we, we, the first, like one of the first verses you read in that and then one of the last verses the church uses, but it's all those verses in the middle that wow. you don't read. Yeah. You just kind of yeah. glance over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just, uh, just to people listening with the reference thing, John nine, if you want to go read where Jesus, where the disciples ask who sinned him or his parents. And Jesus basically just denies that whole doctrine. About um, the boy. Right. Yeah. John nine is where you would go to read yeah, that. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll probably come back to that in other videos. Cause that's a big deal, but yeah. that's probably enough for now. Um, so here, here's something else, a couple more things. So one thing you brought up the 144,000, Right. I'm curious who makes up that group and how do you qualify to be in that group? Yeah. And the reason I'm asking is because when I hear that immediately, I think like there's multiple millions within the World Mission Society, right? Multiple. Yeah, they, they claim three million. Okay. I, I, I would like to contest that number, but yeah, they claim three million. So I'm just. They have no proof to show three million people they don't in have the church. Proof. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just curious, like even if that, if that is the case, like. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that mean like if you're a member right now, your odds are not looking so good? Right. Um, so so they, they for a long time, um, up until probably about maybe 2007, um, they they taught that um, only 144,000 will be saved. The 144,000, um, those are the people that will not face physical death. They will go up to heaven alive. But then, um, then I understand that what happened, um, they changed it to, um, okay, 144,000, they, they won't face his face physical death, they will go to heaven alive, but there's also a great multitude, okay? And a great multitude has no number. Okay. So, um, to be part of the 144,000, you have to be, it's like the best of the best. The A plus students in the group, okay. the people who did everything perfect that they were supposed to do. They bore ten talents. They kept every service. They um, preached every day. It's yeah. okay. So it's not necessarily that if you're not in the hundred forty four thousand, you're going to hell. Right. Okay. You're just set apart, which is just... It's they did teach that at first, but they've, they've since changed it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, it's just crazy... <laughs> Uh, you were saying some stuff earlier, so about the 2012, how, or no, sorry, if if she dies, how they'll probably blame the church, that the church wasn't mm -hmm. ready. Um, I just, pointing this out to people listening, like, it is crazy how a lot of these cults line up. So Jehovah Witness, the Watchtower, same thing, the failed prophecies, the church was not ready, it was your fault, people sold everything they had, but then they were told they weren't ready, so therefore mm -hmm. it didn't happen. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, and then and then all this stuff you're saying too. I just uh, oh man, what was the that she had just said about 
What did you just say about I just went brain? <laughs> just went blank. <laughs> Don't you love that? Oh, man. But just how, how much this is all. Oh, the 144,000. Like that was, that's the same thing. Uh, Walter Martin, who wrote Kingdom of the Colts, he talks in an audio about how he was sitting with a mom and her daughter. And the daughter was so irritated because she knew she wasn't going to be in the 144,000 because they told them, no, this is the most upstanding people who were first in. So there's still Great. Jehovah Witnesses that you'll be okay, but you won't actually be with 144 so mm-hmm. i'm just like pointing out to people like what are the odds that these two things that were man-made are lining up so much hmm. and had the same things that would make people want to strive for more mm-hmm. like that's not coincidence yeah. i'm wondering yeah have you have you kind of thought through that as you've come out kind of I don't, and maybe you haven't even looked into them at all but groups like mormonism and jehovah's witness oh, yeah. have you seen like man there's some similarities here Oh, there's so many. I read um, I, I, I read most of um, Rick Ross's uh, book about cults, and that one just, like, lays it out. So, yeah. The first part of the book is just cult after cult after cult explaining, like, what they are, and it's like there's so many similarities. Yeah. And I also watched that um, that Leah Remini documentary about Scientology. Okay. And, um, and it's, like, there's so many things that, even though it's completely different doctrine, completely right. different, they don't even yeah. use the Bible, but it's the same group dynamics yeah. that, yep. you know, you have to give, you have to go all in on the church. If you leave, you're going to, you know, there's going to be consequences that you don't yep. like, um, that you're, that you are being influenced by the evil one. And yeah. It's just all these all these groups play out the same exact way, even though they yeah. have completely different doctrines. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly. just it's a pattern. And um and because like when I was in the church, it didn't bother me when people fed it with a cult. Like it didn't yeah. it didn't bother me at all because I was like, Okay, well the church says like, okay, like Jesus was accused of being a cult leader. He was accused of being a leader of the Nazarene sect, so like who cares? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing but, that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's like but when you but after leaving when I looked at the dynamics of it's yeah. it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Well and there's a reason they all line up, I'll just say. So they line up because they're made by men. Mm-hmm. They're false. Um, mm-hmm. they they all involve fear and mm-hmm. they involve status. And they involve you earning your way to the Lord. And through yeah. this, these organizations take your time and your money. It's the same in every one of these things. The yeah. only thing that stands different and doesn't work is the one that wasn't made by man, which is the Bible and right. Jesus basically saying, you have nothing to offer me. I just love you. So I'm going to do right. this for you. Abide in me. I'm doing yeah, I do. I do everything that you said. They have that fear tactic of apart from mm-hmm. me, you can do nothing. It's John 15. It's but in John 15, yeah. it's Jesus saying, abide in me, have faith in me. Yeah. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you try to earn it, Not you can do nothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they literally took the words of Jesus that stands, that takes, you know, following Jesus away Jesus from everything. With themselves, with themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So that should be of wow. concern. But yeah, just people listening, like, think about that. Like, this, the fact that all these uh, man-made religions line up so much mm-hmm. should probably be a sign to you, okay, maybe I should look into this. There's something wrong here. Right. Yes. I think your video right. dropped. Oh. oh, sorry. There it is. I had to answer a text message. <laughs> okay, no, you're good. You're good. No, but yeah, but what I want to, but what I want to say is like, also, you, you know, you mentioned in one of your pretty recent videos that you know you can give somebody the, the, the Bible and say, you know, read the Bible, yeah, and then they can totally they they can understand where you're coming from. Whereas mm-hmm. this this church or any other church, um, 
you you have they like they teach that you can only understand it if someone explains it right. to you. Right. Yeah, that was a lot of people really that was Jesse's that was like one of the most well, famous the quotes from our that, yeah. yeah. I need to find um there's a verse that that just made me think of. Um, yeah, it's in Acts. It's with the um the the, the eunuch, right? He says Isaiah 53. Uh, how am I supposed oh, to understand this if yeah, nobody tells somebody me? Somebody explains it to me. Yeah, is that yeah. is that the verse they use? Yeah. To defend, okay. So First John two twenty seven, he says, "As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things." And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So like going back to apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. The words he's using there, he actually says, remain in me, abide in me. Yeah. Now this verse, this very verse where he's saying you don't need anybody to teach you. He's using that same terminology saying, remain in me. And that same anointing that that basically saved you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that is what teaches you. So this isn't to say we don't need Bible teachers. Like God has appointed pastors and teachers yeah. in his church. But ultimately, like, and I feel like like even taking this personally, like the, the times where I've been taught the most from the Bible is when I'm off by myself. And I like I used to have a job where I could just sit and listen to audio for hours and hours at my mm-hmm. job i would just listen to the bible and like mm-hmm. it would just like the holy spirit would just open my mind to understand things things that people mm-hmm. hadn't taught me and even mm-hmm. things that i've been taught my whole life i began to see like wait a minute that's not actually what this says yeah not mm-hmm. from me like studying real hard and trying to figure it out but because the holy spirit is a very good teacher mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. when you just open yourself up to him like he will teach us the truth yeah. and right. so yeah that's yeah good. that's, that's really a good. That's good point yeah um, did you have anything you want to say on that before I kind of shift gears no. here? Okay. So, okay. Going, kind of going back to, going back to the cult groups a little bit, Jehovah's Witnesses. One more thing I'm curious about is have you, as you've looked into other cults a little bit, have you discovered any that also teach like Passover, Sabbath and feasts, things like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which ones have you come across that do that? Um, so, so there, there's, I will mention one thing that the church is it, with the church, uh, with the World Mission Society Church of God saying that they're the true church because they keep those things. They, they say that because they keep all of those things. So even if a church might keep Passover, but if they don't keep Sabbath, they're okay. not practice what the church says. Okay. So, um, but there is one other church. Um, it, it's also a cult. Uh, it's a pretty bad one. It's the Worldwide Church of God that was started by Herbert Armstrong. Oh, I think I it know. was started in the... I don't know if it was the twenties or the thirties, um, but it definitely came before on some home and they kept, they kept the Passover with the foot washing ceremony. They keep Sabbath. They keep the seven feasts and three times. They keep, they keep the same things that the uh, Royal Mission Society Church of God keeps, but the, the WMSCOG says that they keep the ones on the correct day, but yet they don't just, they don't explain how they come up with the correct day. Okay. Wow. They say only Kim Chul knows because he learned directly. From wow. Do you know which of these groups started teaching those things first? Uh, Worldwide Church of God, not they, the not Hong. Really? Yeah, because when that because for a long time that, that didn't know okay. members didn't know that. Wow. So when that information came out, um, that's that was a that was a huge thing in the church, and the church had to come up with a rebuttal really quick. So then they they started saying, well, um, it's not just a matter of who comes up with Passover first; they have to bring it when the fig tree comes back to life in 1948. So and it needs to, and only that, but it needs to come from Korea. 
And so they, they just tagged all okay. these things, grouping them together. Which are unbiblical and, and unfounded. Yeah, I mean, all those things uh, can be dispelled one by, I mean, that'd be forever to explain. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but all those things can be dispelled one by one. But, um, but yeah, so in regards to who came up with the password first, it was, I mean, in, in, in recent times is Herbert W. Armstrong and, and that, and that's called the, it was, back in the day, it was called Radio, the Radio Church of God. Um, but it, it had a lot of controversy. The leader died, and I think it rebranded under a couple of different names. Okay, well, that's that's fascinating because, so, like, how key is that doctrine to the World Mission Society? That it's Ong Song Hong who brought back this great lost truth about the Passover, and he restored the commandments of Christ, the teachings of Christ, and yeah. What a so, load of baloney, really, that it, it is. It is. And then you know, not only that, but, like, even a lot of the, the things that he taught, like, concerning, or, sorry, he didn't teach about God the Mother, but even um, the, the, even if he did, the idea of a God the Mother did not originate from the World Mission Society Church of God. Um, in Korea, have you heard about the, the Unification Church? This sounds familiar. It's the one that they call, they call themselves the Moonies. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. They're known for, like, their mass weddings. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so Moon Sung Young, he married his, I think, second or third wife, Hak Jahan, in 1960. And from that time, he called them. He called him and his wife um, true parents, and that he is like the father, and she is the mother. That was, and they they were they were big in America. Wow. I mean, people yeah. in the 70s knew who they were yeah. because they were they were like a big time cult. So people in Korea knew who they were too. So. Okay. The church always says, like, well, if An Sang Hoon never said about a God the Mother, then where did Um Um Suin come up with the idea that she is God the Mother if he didn't write it down? Well, it was already existing in Korea at that time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So wow. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was even some of, like, because uh, um, uh, Moon Sam Young, who's the leader of the, or who was the leader of the Unification Church, the one who founded it, he writes in his um, book, The uh, Divine Principle, which was written, I believe, in 1952, so before An Sung Hong wrote his books, uh-huh. he wrote that the second coming Christ must come on the clouds, meaning in the flesh, and that he must come from Korea, mm-hmm. using using the same verses that An Sung Hong allegedly used. So okay. a lot of An Sung Hong's ideas, they never came from him. They're leveraged from Seventh-day Adventist Church, Unification Church, Worldwide Church of God. Yep. It's, it's, it's kind of like Joseph Smith and Mormonism, he, well, he literally, obviously, copied and pasted huge chunks from the KJV yeah. Bible. But also, you know, it's like nothing really original. He just took it. And I think a lot of Mormonism, you can even see, like, goes into some of the... It can be, I think, logically tied to different, um, like, uh, fictional stories and stuff that were popular mm-hmm. at his time. I don't know if you've heard of that. And I don't know enough about it right now off the top of my head to go into detail. But it just sounds similar right. where it's like... These guys don't have anything original. It's just they're kind of just copying and taking bits and pieces and elements from different places and then coming up with the only truth. Um, Yeah. So So what they'll they'll say is like, oh, these other churches, they also know about this. God's opened their eyes to understand. But uh, the members, I don't think they realize that a lot of these churches or a lot of these teachings didn't originate with the church that actually came from other churches. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first heard about... um, um, this church when I was still in the military, I remember th- I confused this church with the Moonies. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I know about them. Walter Martin talked about them. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is a totally different church. Yeah. So one thing that 
um, I have some people talking to me that's really bothering like uh, members or former members is the fact that Ong Song Hong's books have been changed. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, okay. So first of all, the, the New Covenant Passover Church of God, which is the church that is, um, I think, being led by Ong Song Hong's son, um, they own the rights to his books. So I'm not sure how the World Mission Society, Church of God, can sell the books with the, you know, being written by Aung San Um But when you compare just just the green book alone, so the Mystery of God's Spring of Water of Life book, just that book alone, if you compare what the WMSCOG is currently selling versus the, the edition that's available on the NCPCOG site, it, there's missing chapters. Okay. Uh, wow. So they take out full chapters. And they, they look, they've even acknowledged that they take out certain prophecies that are written in the book because they say they've already happened and they don't want to confuse members. That's so, odd. Like the, like the like the 1988 prophecy about how the world was going to end in 1988, um, about uh, him allegedly saying that there's another one coming after him, but she's a, or like, like that will appear after him, but she's a small child at the moment, referring to John Gil-John. So and that's not so, in the books? They just claim it, that? Allegedly, it was in the books originally. Okay. But now they're not because they say those prophecies have already been fulfilled. But yet a ton of the prophecies that are written in these, this book, like King David's in this book, and that's been fulfilled allegedly, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Okay. But there's 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 it's completely changed over time. There's been so many editions. I wish I had kept the multiple editions that I had, but I only have the latest one. But yeah. Okay. So then in Deuteronomy four and multiple other places in the Bible where God mm -hmm. explicitly commands, "Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it." but keep yeah. the commands of the Lord, your God that I give you. So like, that's a huge red flag. And that's something that's really bothering some members that is kind of like pushing them over the edge of just like, they yeah. can't do mm -hmm. it anymore because this group is taking the words of God, God, mm -hmm. which it's not, mm -hmm. and they're changing them. They're taking away from yeah. them. And, and yeah. so, and you're confirming that is true. That is yeah, actually 100% that's true. And um, I can, I think the examining site has some examples as to uh, specifically what has changed and, um, and I'm working on uh, identifying more. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Great. Cool. Well, um, there's so many more things we could talk about, but um, I think maybe we could get you on to a future video and, and, sure. uh, and talk about some more of these things. Cause I have a lot of questions and things that'd be fun to talk about. But um, for now, do you have any final thoughts or anything you kind of like to, end with saying to um to members former members or anybody else um for my only thing i have to say well for for current members i'd like to say like don't i was like don't be afraid to take a break and don't be afraid to ask questions um if you're afraid to ask questions that should be a big red flag for you yeah. um and uh and don't don't be afraid to, to reach out to those who have left. You know, we're not going to try to convince you to leave. We're just going to present you what we have. And, you know, you have the free will to, to, you know, believe it or not, or to look at the evidence or not. Like, you know, you can, if you're tired and you're burned out, like just, just, just try, you know, yep. your life doesn't have to be like this. And then for former members, I like to say, you know, do your research. You have to do your research on your own. Um, People, I mean, people can explain stuff to you and, and we can listen and, and we can provide you that information, but you have to put in the time to research it. You have to break down your own foundation. 
uh, your own like uh, faulty foundation in the church. Uh, nobody else can do that for you. So mm-hmm. I would, I would, suggest, wow. I would encourage them just to keep, just to keep researching not only just like about the physical lives of Ansemble and John Biljab, but also look at the, the the biblical ways that the church explains things and um, just like Google, like yeah. Google, like why did um, how do I say like. Uh, just just google questions that you might have like why does the church say the that ostrogoths was destroyed in 538 ad just google was ostrogoths destroyed in 538 ad and you'll get your answer and you'll get your answer from multiple sources and these are people who've never even heard of the world mission society church yeah of God. so they're not yeah. just out so, to get them they're just telling the yeah. facts yeah 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 that's good so just research well thank you so much for coming on taking the time it's been really fun talking and really insightful and helpful for me so i'm i'm hoping it's helped others so yeah i hope so too thank you all right have a good day thanks you too take care